0: Jesus is King. Welcome to the 1 Peter 5 podcast, Rebuilding Christendom, Restoring Catholic Culture and Tradition. I'm Timothy Flanders, editor-in-chief of 1 Peter 5, and I'm joined today by Mr. Robert Nugent. Robert, how you doing, brother?
1: I'm doing very well, Timothy, and thanks for taking the time to reach out and interview me. It's a it's a pleasure to connect. I've followed a lot of your videos and and I I'm delighted to be talking to you. Thank you.
0: Well, likewise. I, I'm uh Happy to connect with you. I've uh, yeah seen a lot of your work on uh, YouTube. And it's in the month of June, we've been promoting the Eucharistic and Sacred Heart of Jesus, as we should. And yeah. at One Peter Five, we have our Crusade of Eucharistic Reparation. And Robert, it, it seems like your whole channel is devoted to Eucharistic revival. Yeah. And so I, I just wanted to talk with you because it sounded like uh, very much our our own postulates very much had a confluence so yeah um but before we get into all of our conversation as always we ask you to support one Peter five we can't exist without your donations so go go to onepeter slash donate you can help us out help us pay our bills and uh with the miles we had to feed of course so uh and Robert before we get into our um uh, topic what what's new with your channel what's new what are you working on what do you like to promote before we talk more
1: yeah uh, I I just I just give a little bit of background on the channel because I I think some people think that I've worked full-time in it and I and I do advise people please support Timothy who's doing a lot of work is dedicating his life and his time to this as I think this is your full-time job um and uh, I please support him for me it's not my full-time job this was a, a part-time blog that I started um back in 2019 and the reason I started this blog was my channel was out of pure frustration about what I saw going on in the church um as people will know I was a seminarian leading of Christ during the 1990s saw the the scandal the collapse uh you know shook my faith like um, anything else would shake your faith when you put your when you put your faith in certain people and hold them up as People that you respect, that you think that are teaching you the faith, and all of a sudden you see failure. And uh, uh, I saw this not just in the teachings of Christ, but also in another in another community. I was part of a I was part of a lay I was a lay uh, lay member of a community. I don't talk about much in this, but I saw it on on two sides when when we place our faith in in people, how that kind of impacts us. And uh, it took a lot of soul searching. For me, uh, I, I at one point was nearly becoming orthodox. I had traveled to Mount Atas and a few times. And and uh, and then there was this kind of strange uh, pull back to Ireland uh, to renew the faith here. And I don't know why I, I was put on this course. Uh, there was a man in Ireland called Patrick McChrystal, and he leads uh, Human Life International here in Ireland. And he gave a talk in Knock back in 2019 and it was kind of that rallying talk it was, it was actually for an exodus 90 meeting that he had uh, organized but it kind of said well look either i believe in this or i don't you, you just can't sit on the fence as a catholic either you're in or you're out i mean uh, there, there's no middle way of laxity we can't just fake our way along as catholics we have to we have to go into this mystery of the faith. And it's when you start going into the mystery of the faith, then it becomes so profound, so deep, so vast, so rich that uh, it really does challenge you. And um, I, I decided, look, I do the channel Um a bit haphazard it wasn't planned there's no i i don't i don't need funding although uh, there there is there are members on my channel i i give the money to one ugandan priest not that i get that much but one ugandan priest that i met and uh, needs needs help in in as he as he starts up in his priesthood but um I it's not it's it's more it's more my journey on the faith and uh you know I grew up in a in a Catholic family and in our family we have many histories and many traditions uh, as Nugents as an as a Norman family that came to Delvin um practically over 800 years ago uh from from uh, uh, uh from Nugent in France because we 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 always carry the the names of where we're from we're actually the Bellesme family originally but we, we it's of we're of Nugent which is specific location in in, in France. And that's, we grew up with all of these uh, stories and fables and tales, uh, you know, how a Nugent defeated the the king of Naples, the horseman of Europe, Murash, uh, Napoleon's brother-in-law, and he brought the Pope back to Rome and, and the Pope made him a prince. And then he went and became the largest landowner in Croatia and wanted to found a Franciscan town. All of these things, you know, um uh, the how nugent was the first to teach queen elizabeth the uh, first uh, a little bit of irish writing an english irish <laughs> dictionary um so there's all of these tales in our family uh, all connecting as well to to the catholic faith in the sense that you know it was the last it was a Nugent who who closed uh, four abbey and who walked out of that abbey carrying his crozier which is still present in the national in in our National Museum in Ireland, uh, William Nugent. So our family, the faith, the Catholic faith, specifically Catholic faith, so is so deep in our family. And for me to walk away from the faith, I needed some really, really strong, convincing evidence that that what I had been brought up in and what I had believed and what I was taught wasn't true. And the more you dig into the history, the more you really take, I mean, intellectually dig into your Catholic faith, you you can't not walk. You it's it's impossible to walk away from it because at the very core of our Catholic faith is the Sacred Heart. Um, it's the Eucharist. Um, it's the beating heart, the living encounter with Christ. And and then really in connecting with that, with that uh, Sacred Heart of Christ. Um, you, you're confronted with with changing your life with this, which really another universe that that we, we never you, mo- most people didn't ex- don't experience, and uh, I suppose that's that's the the journey I've been on a bit all over the place. Um, you know, I got I got connected into the traditional Latin Mass side uh, with the SSPX and with another community in Ireland over it was 2014 when i was really really taking my my faith seriously um i absolutely love the traditional latin mass i think it's just the most beautiful mystical picture the picture cosmic reality i don't know what how to explain it but it is without getting into idealizing a a form but if you're if you're going into something that's profoundly silent and beautiful I just thought the traditional Latin mass was um, just a beautiful, one of the most beautiful ways to to pray, um, and I think I think you would understand that if if you go, I think you go to the traditional Latin mass as well, so you understand where we're coming from. So without making it an i an ideal of itself, and um, but just being able to experience it in its organic way. just thought it was beautiful um the reverence the respect the the god-centeredness and um uh, it's been quite a journey then over the last number of years because you know we had Pope. i was going back to that mass after pope benedict's um uh documents some more pontificum and we saw slowly different number of priests learning the right for example our we have two priests in our diocese that know the traditional Latin mass yesterday. One of the priests in our diocese, he, he celebrated, um, traditional Latin mass in, in our local shrine, a uh, large shrine knock, uh, the apparition, uh, um, site. So we had, we had mass there yesterday evening by, by one of our local parish priests here. And, um, I suppose there's the, it's been a battle. It's been a, it's been a challenge. It's been an, an adventure, um, all of these years. And, uh, um, and I suppose I just want to give a message to encouragement to everybody listening to, to your channel, um, because we know we, as, as laymen, we have to give encouragement that we unite the church and we we, we, we with humility, we show the church, look, we can be Catholics, we can be faithful Catholics, we can be loving Catholics by embracing our, our, our ancient traditions, the Vetus Ordo, as a means to grow the church, nourish the church, help the church, but without creating division and without without it being a, a political um, tool in some way or other, that it is something that you know people will be nourished by, and 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 that's really where where I've taken it, and uh, this all stems from one experience that I had um, back in two thousand sixteen, very very strong experience as I was trying to to grapple with this journey um out running as i do run marathons every year um because i have a day job i have to i have to keep do some physical activity so i was doing my marathon training and uh music on and all of a sudden our lord is telling me renew the eucharist renew the eucharist and i my father was a schizophrenic so anytime i have these experiences in prayer i i just i just don't know how to handle them and i've tried to speak it out with different priests and and I suppose they're they're always giving me advice is it is it consonant with the traditions of the church what are your motives why are you doing this and um, blah 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 I think everybody knows the 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 checklist you have to go through when you when you experience something like this but I suppose I put the checklist aside and I said well look the Eucharist is the source summit and center the Eucharistic sacrifice because we often hear the Eucharist is the source, something center of the faith. It's actually misquoting what Second Vatican II is, the Eucharistic sacrifice. We can't separate the two. The Eucharistic sacrifice is, our, is the center of our, of our Christian Catholic life. And uh, if I'm being called to renew this, I'm being called to renew something that is dogma of faith, that is settled theology. There's nothing new here. There's nothing extra to add here. It's just a call for Catholics to return to the Eucharist. And what I decided to do in a parish where most people don't kneel for the Eucharist anymore was to kneel and receive our Lord on the tongue. So follow, to receive Eucharist on the tongue is the universal norm of the Catholic Church. And I, uh, and that was it. That, that was where I, I wasn't blogging at the time, wasn't doing much. 2016-2018 um, was working a bit in the pro-life movement um, there was an abortion referendum wasn't doing much at all um, kind of navigating along you know being being more led into the traditional movement at the time going to traditional Latin Mass at Christmas at Easter um, and then came the pandemic <laughs> let's say well, it was 2019 it just started to ramp up and um, I don't know if you've heard of a father, Michel Rodrigue, a Canadian priest. He, he was in Knock in 2019 telling people, well, he wasn't he wasn't going to be able to travel next year. And we were wondering, what was this about not being able to travel? And uh, and then in 2020, I suppose it all hit. It all hit. And um, I was in Moscow in January 2020, came back from Moscow. Very, very, very sick. Coughing for a month, I mean, it was you know bedridden for a few days, uh, and after a week or two, I I, I was working in in Denmark in um, in uh, Copenhagen in February 2020, and uh, came back from Denmark. Had was scheduled to go to Milan early um, March 2020. Was about to board a flight. And all of a sudden, the news broke that stuff the, the airport I was flying into Bergamo initially. All of a sudden, stuff started breaking on the news. Uh, I get a call, Robert, you better not go to Bergamo. There's something kicking off over in, in Italy and uh, just stay here. Now, I was two months sick at this time, like kind of not sick that, you you know, I think people know when you've got a cold and you've runny nose and you're feeling down, you kind of muddle through your work. You know, I think that's the normal guy thing uh but it it turned out i it it turned out i had covered that in that time it was it was going around the office and all this but we we didn't know (laughs) and uh and then kind of the world changed you know churches shut down uh you know it became a very strange situation for the faith and uh and then the, the thing about the eucharist started no no eucharist on the tongue i said wow no eucharist on the tongue it was like uh no Eucharist at all, because the mass was banned. We became tele-Catholics, tele, tele, tele you know, spiritual communion and so forth. And uh, and then it kicked off uh, over the next couple of years that, you know, bishops in various countries started refusing faithful Eucharist on the tongue. Now, I had made a vow. I said, I will only ever make, receive Eucharist on the tongue. And even my kids would know this um and they would do the same uh you know we we i catechized my own son to receive holy communion and i, I we, we, our, whatever about about our faith in our family i don't think my kids are perfect but when it comes to the eucharist they would they would they would know what it is they would know the centrality of it and i had made a vow only to receive uh communion according to the universal norm of the church and uh and then the whole thing kicked off and I kind of and it kind of spurred me on in since, you know, I felt a little bit prepared for this um, because, look, I'm not going to I'm not going to break this vow. It's not a controversial vow. When I was discerning this, no priest, no bishop, nobody was saying to me that I was doing anything controversial at all. No, nobody, nobody said, you know, I wasn't uh, fundraising or opening a center or asking for money or very simple eucharistic devotion and it became so controversial um in a time when for example the bishops and the laity in poland because my wife's polish i speak polish i've lived in poland uh, a lot of laity in poland were were going the other way they were putting billboards up around poland uh, let's not give into this uh shandemic of of not giving communion on the on the hand Uh, um, and even two months ago my, my mother-in-law died I was in Poland and everybody was going up and receiving on the tongue um went to the local cathedral where we got married in Kelsen, and most people were kneeling and receiving the Eucharist on the tongue from priests there was no lay Eucharistic extraordinary ministers of holy communion and you could really see that the Polish had, had taken to heart the call to um to uh, respect the Eucharist um and, and uh, you know, it's, it's kind of confirmation. The prep- First you have the preparation side, then you have, you know, you're confronted with it. And, you know, it's kind of uh, confirming what, what I felt in prayer. And um, after that, for example, there's been instances, I, I don't protest, ever protest at mass. So if, if somebody says we're not giving communion on the tongue, I, I will out of respect for that priest or whoever, I, I won't protest, I won't go up there and make a scene. I kind of sussed it out, and uh, and not protest. And I remember being in a uh, in a mass in, in in Knock Shrine in Ireland, and uh, I I wasn't protesting. I was just sitting in my seat. But the priests had decided to come around to our seats to give us communion. So the Eucharist came to me, and I said, "Look, I can only receive on the tongue." And the priest got annoyed, and he walked away. And I said, Look, I, I didn't ask to protest here. The priest came to me with the Eucharist. I said, Look, I've made a vow only to receive uh, the, the Eucharist in my right, in the Latin rite, on the tongue, which is actually in the Eastern rites as well. They only give in the tongue. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I suppose all these incidences uh, started to happen. And then last year, I was in, working in Singapore. And like that, I, I waited till the end of the mass and I went up to the priest in, in the in the cardinal's cathedral. There was a priest giving, ma- uh, giving out the Eucharist. And I waited till I was last. and I said, look, can I have Eucharist on, on, on the tongue? Because I am the last one. And he said, no, 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 we can't give Eucharist on the tongue. And I did a video on it. And then the cardinal sent out a letter to all the faithful, to all the priests in Singapore. And he said, you can't embarrass Catholics by refusing them communion on the tongue. And, and some of the laity in, in, in Singapore that follow my channel, they, they sent me on the, the letter. I said, look, Robert, what happened after you did your video? The Cardinals. <laughs> so <laughs> I suppose in a strange, roundabout way, the simple devotion that I'm calling Latin Rite Catholics back to, that shouldn't be dividing our church, This shouldn't be dividing ours between traditional and non-traditional to respect the eucharist just respect the body blood soul and divinity not just the eucharist itself but also the sacrifice the mass that we respect we give due respect to the sacrifice the mass and to the eucharist and if faithful out of devotion out of love and wanting to build up the church want to go to a traditional Latin mass the vetus order which hasn't been abrogated if the faithful want to go there out of devotion, out of love in communion with our bishops, we should be allowed to do that. And if we want to go in, in the new mass, no sort, if we want to receive communion on the tongue, kneeling, it should be allowed and fostered. And uh, that's really, that's really kind of the core of what I've been talking about. And 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 in, in, in in some ways, um, because it shouldn't be controversial, Timothy, that when yes. I'm, when, you know, we should there's, there's no controversy here guys we either have hermeneutic continuity or we have a rupture and what we are facing now in the church and and i and i'm and i'm i'm sorry to say this and i and i'm in some ways is 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 a is a development of a rupture in how we teach and respect the eucharist um over the past weekend we had the human fraternity show in the vatican and the Vatican media covered that, and the celebrities came and they sung at that, but they wouldn't co- they wouldn't cover a Corpus Christi procession. And we have many bishops now in the church that are telling us, "Look, these old pre-Vatican II devotions, we're not going to focus on them anymore." So adoration, you know, they'll say, "Oh, look, our Lord didn't give us the Eucharist to look at." Um, and. Uh, I suppose it's time for them to come out and, and play and show their cards. Well, where exactly are you leading us? Because Archbishop Roach, he went on BBC in the UK and he said, look, uh, he started talking about a new theology of the Mass. Well, can you can you exactly point out what is this new theology of the Mass? Because uh, we, we'd we be interested in knowing uh, where this is going. Without, without without being mean or challenging our bishops, But where are you leading us? Like, what are you leading us to? Um is prayer in front of the Eucharist not something that's that's healthy for us? I mean, if you go into adoration, half an hour of adoration. I, I even did this in Singapore. I, I remember going to after work in Singapore, going to the Cardinals Adoration Chapel beside the cathedral, it's down in the basement. Absolutely beautiful. He has this massive monstrance, and there's an actually it's just monstrance, and, and you kind of take off your shoes and you just kneel there. And, and that time of prayer, just allowing your mind to recollect with our Lord, it's healthy. It's healthy. Cardinal Sarah has spoke about um, silence and in, in prayer. And I suppose, you know, the church, if the church wants us to be apostles in the world, we need to be able to encounter Christ in prayer. You know, Christ went away and he prayed early in the morning. He, he, he spent time in prayer uh, alone, you know, and I think the church is. In, in trying to remove Eucharistic adoration, I, we ha- I heard a bishop Stowe in the United States, and he was and he's talking about this. There are various bishops that they're not really interested in Corpus Christi processions and adoration, and and certainly not the Latin Mass. Um, and I and I kind of question what, what you know. I'm, I'm questioning the leadership. Uh, You know, if we're to move forward in a church, we have to be at peace with our past. We have to respect the traditions of previous generations, um, cherish them, nourish them, understand them. Uh, Of course, we're going to have new devotions, new way. uh, uh, We're going to have new ways of, 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 of growing our faith in the sense that new devotions come along, like when the spiritual exercises start with saying, uh, Saint Ignatius. Of course, they were controversial in this day. Even Thomas Aquinas, his philosophy and theology was slightly controversial in this day. Rerum Novarum, uh, Pope Leo the Thirteenth, that was controversial in its day. And the priest that that started preaching about Rerum Novarum, a lot of wealthy wealthy businessmen they got very annoyed that priests were supporting unions and all this, which was part of Rerum Novarum. And uh, uh, do you know what things? Our church will 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 move flow but you can't destroy what previous generations held sacred and I suppose Pope Benedict you know he was he was very measured very very um prudent in in what he was trying to do and what he was allowing and um but I can understand Pope Francis's concern in a way how we have politicized a little bit the the traditional Latin mass and the traditional movement and, and I'm and I'm and I'm kind of being more careful in my podcast not to divide the church because our Lord has said to me in prayer, don't divide my church. Um, and that's, that's something that, um, you know, you can view in the light of the, our faith is, you could say that that's something that our Lord wants. He wants unity. But, um, I think the way to renew the faith, it has to be humility and obedience. We have to humbly present this to the church. Um, and to bring to bring our lord into the midst of this so that the, so that the church is then renewed from the eucharist because there's i mean you'd have to be blind not to see um just the majesty and the beauty of 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 you know a, a reverent mass I mean, it does tug at your soul <laughs> whatever way you're seeing it it does tug at your soul um, um you know, And, I, and I've, I've gone to SSPX masses, uh, but I've never gone to divide the church. I've gone, you know, when we didn't have sacraments, I spoke to a number of bishops and the advice I was given was, yes, go, Robert, but as long as you're not there denying Vatican II or dividing the church or, you know, and I don't, I never do, but I I don't uh, obviously hold the, the SSPX line that the new mass is evil. I will go to any mass, but I mean there is we're, we're scratching our heads why we're not engaging the next generation we're scratching our heads why uh, no you know young families are not coming to mass why there's no vocations uh, we've 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 sadly feminized the liturgy in such a way that most boys don't want to serve mass mm-hmm. And that's, that's an observation. That's not a criticism. Most boys don't want, it's a girl thing now to serve mass. It, if you even have servers, it's a girl thing. And um, when I went to uh, the SSPX in, in, in Ireland, our nearest, which is my, the nearest place I can go for traditional Latin mass. So just to put that clear, you know, you, you see 12 boys serving mass there. And uh, you'd see four or five brothers, for example, serving mass. So you have whole families there, and you know that's a formation, um, Timothy. That that you know, getting beds out of, getting boys out of beds on a Sunday, all get dressed up, you know, to go to mass, to serve mass, to stand beside the priest, to to help move the missile, to incense, to you know, that's that's a formation, that's a catechesis in itself. That we see, seem to think we don't need in in the modern church, and and then we're scratching our head. Well, why? How can we engage the youth? How can we engage boys in the mass? Why why don't boys feel inspired? Well, you know we don't engage them at the mass anymore. So uh these are these are legitimate questions that any loving catholic will ask without saying okay you're schismatic or something like this i'm i'm simply you know asking the question and and for then you wouldn't turn around to that family that has has 12 kids or you know uh, a few families with lots of kids and say to them now you go across to the novus ordo parish because my son Said this all the time to me, Daddy. I don't want to go to mass. None of my friends go to mass, Daddy. Here and where we are, and it's true. Is his generation, his peer group is is absent, um, where I live, and that's the sad. That's the sad reality. We don't have. We do, we we haven't formed our our kids to to practice the faith. Boys to practice the faith. Um. You know, you go to an SSPX chapel. Uh, you have a, a, an amazing choir. A lot of girls practicing in that, um, you know, simply incredible. Um, you have, uh, you know, 12 to 14 boys serving at the mass. Um, you have a community, you have drinks and teas and coffees afterwards. And they're not bad Catholics. I mean, I, I, I challenge anybody in the church or any bishop to say these are bad Catholics. Um, so, you know, th- we, t- we have to come together as a church, talk together and allow each other to to be challenged with charity, you know, in charity, not we're not protesting here, but in charity, offer the church a way forward where we're at peace with our tradition. Um, and um, it, it, especially in the West, especially in Europe, where the traditional Latin mass is so ingrained in our cathedrals, in our culture and Latin is so ingrained that, I mean, it's not a challenge for 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 our kids to learn the amount of Latin you need to learn at Mass. Um, but look, I, I think the church needs to seriously listen to us as laymen and take away and do their own examination of conscience on this um, and, and see where, we're, where we go. Um, and, and again, this is not about denying Vatican II or getting into the Vatican II uh, debate. This is about, um, you know, Vatican II, when the documents are written, Sacrosanctum Concilium, they never called for uh, to abolish what we, what previous hell- generations held sacred you know if anything it was to to further it, it, i mean if you were to take a uh, an audit then you know these were to renew the faith renew the church you know grow the faith m- help us better understand the faith and we're failing on so many levels we're failing on so many levels and and uh, and then you have groups that are that are you know that they're doing they're doing really well and and the church doesn't seem to want to engage you know with with them in in in, in, a, in a in a you know in a, in a proper way and that's my experience anyway but um anyway that's a bit of my history of the of the channel of 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 you know my rumblings on on where we're going with the how we can renew faith faith in in the eucharistic sacrifice and the eucharist um, and and to let it grow out to the church from there but um you know it's a again i do stress i i'm not here it's not a debate on on denying second vatican ii or 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 going behind the hierarchy or or, or anything like this it's it's about how can we love the church more and i think everybody wants to do that i think every any all of the catholic bloggers like yourself and, and and many others you know it's quite clear you love the church how can we better present this treasure to the world um, that previous generations held sacred. And and how can we how can we propose it anew to the world in, in a in a in a more beautiful and authentic way that uh, next generations will value.
0: Yeah, I love what you're saying, Robert, about the it's not divisive to embrace the universal norm of the Roman right and really all rights of the church, especially the Eastern rites. Um, yeah. and you're you're absolutely right the renewal will come from the eucharistic sacrifice and the unity will come therefrom as well so. um can you speak on the the SSPX is a subject that is rather contentious in these united states mm. um what's it like in ireland with the SSPX and what's their relationship with the bishops
1: so in in ireland um you have uh, people will remember that uh, Archbishop Lefevre was the head of the Spiritans. So, uh, Éamon de Valera, which was one of the founding uh, fathers of, of of the Irish Republic, he went to school with the Spiritans, and he would have known in Éamon de, um, Archbishop Lefevre. So. There is a long tradition there and and one of the first chapels that they founded was St. John's. They bought Protestant Church in in Dublin and Archbishop Lefebvre opened that in the 1980s. I suppose at the time when Archbishop did the consecrations and all of this, I mean, there, there definitely was a deep division and and many people fell away and there were and they were viewed as schismatics. I mean, I certainly viewed them as schismatics. That 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 was simply it. I was a seminarian in, in Switzerland in 1992, which is four years after the consecrations. And I remember us vividly saying about a con, which was near where we were, uh, how, you know, Archbishop had left the church and he had ordained bishops and all of these guys are schismatics. And. And blah, blah, blah. So, you know, even up to uh, even up to recently, even up to 2018, I would have had no contact with them or even thought of going to mass with them. However, when Pope Francis issued uh, the decree that we could le- illicitly and validly go to confession with the SSPX, um, you know, I said, well, oh, look, I am I was in that loan one day for my, my aunt's um, 50th wedding anniversary. And the chapel was nearby, so I went there to confession and I met Leo Boyle and we went out for a meal uh, afterwards or he he actually invited me back for a meal. And, you know, we got talking and then I met other priests, Father Patrick Kimball, Father Abbey. I have videos on my channel. We went out to Skellig Michael, you know, the Star Wars Island and they celebrated mass there. And I know a lot of the families in Ireland um, and they're just simply amazing Catholics, Timothy, I just. I mean, I wish the church would, for a, a second, just just listen to the to the laity. You know, if you, I, I presume you know uh, Kennedy Hall. You know, I mean, as as a man, as a Catholic, any bishop would be proud to have a man like him working in the church, with the zeal and the fire and the capacity to evangelize. Um, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he is eminently employable in the Catholic Church as, as a leader, like yourself. Uh, and I wish the uh, hierarchy would kind of step back a second and say, look, um, maybe we could do things a slightly differently without um, uh, with with the SSPX. We, I mean, if you look at their, their serious crisis on the faith, they're not there telling us that there is no Pope. I mean, you know, they, they struggle. They struggle like any group with with so many issues and and there is elements in there that you know i wouldn't be comfortable with especially regarding some elements of their priestly formation but um that's why we need the church that's why we need to come together as a whole church to support and help each other um and there's a lot of good that the sspx do especially around forming kids and catechesis and engaging in the liturgy, and engaging families in the liturgy, and in practicing the faith and formation in the faith, um, and the experience that I have on the ground in Ireland is, that, you know, they're not bad Catholics. They they love the Church. They love our Pope. Um, I remember working in uh, in Atlanta and going to Roswell, where the SSPX are based in um, in, in uh, near Atlanta City, and um. And just going into their chapel there, because just seeing—I I went to various chapels when I was working over there just to see how they're set up, and uh, you know, packed chapel, packed chapel uh, with young people. The same with the uh, the FSSP in, in Atlanta, packed chapel, you know, not in the most flu- uh, flush neighborhood. When I'm working in Mexico City, uh, would also go to the the SSPX because their 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 chapel happens to be near where where I was working three to four masses five to six priests confessing not the wealthiest america uh, Af- mexicans going there either the, the, these are not the you know the, the these are ordinary middle class to low class mexicans going to traditional latin mass and uh and uh surprisingly surprisingly enough i i found out that the mexican x sspx they they um they were they complied, they were complying with Pope Francis's um, uh, thing about saying the readings in the vernacular long before Pope Francis came out. They were giving the readings in the vernacular from the altar uh, because there was some reform back in the 1950s where Pope um, Pius XII or, or allowed readings in the vernacular in the Old Mass. And they continued on with that. And it was strange to go into a traditional Latin Mass where the whole chapel gave the responses in Latin, not just the altar boys. The whole chapel knew all of the, resp- and seemingly this was a tradition in in, in Mexico before Vatican II. I, I, we didn't realize this. So, I mean, I suppose Latin and, and, and Spanish, uh, they they probably be, would be able to read it a lot better and easier than maybe Englo- uh, us, us Anglophone, Anglophones. But I just thought it was, uh, the, the church just can't disregard, you know, 700,000 Catholics that go to these chapels who love the church, love the faith, and um, and just say, oh no, look you you you're we're, 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 we're not going to engage with you. In Ireland, I know the priests in Ireland have letters from the Irish hierarchy that allow them work in hospitals. so they have the 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 bishops are on the record in Ireland that they that they're um, they're, they're not anti-sSPX and and to be honest, the traditional Latin mass the Irish bishops really haven't, crack down on the on the traditional latin mass in, in 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 a massive way i mean we still have it in our local in our local uh, national marian shrine um we you know the with their the f the, the institute of christ the king they have it in limerick in galway in rd in belfast and then there are some other diocesan locations where where the latin mass is celebrated so um but i suppose i just want to give the encouragement to the sspx That are you know some amazing Catholics. Um, during the two thousand eighteen abortion referendum, they helped me a lot. Um, they were boots on the ground. Um, they brought over Jana Yesen, an abortion survivor, and they had a massive conference in Dublin. Um, they are they organised funds to have billboards put up, and people will say, "Oh, look, there," you know probably don't but they're, they're for the size of them in Ireland because they're not massive here they did a lot they do a lot of work and so I've nothing but praise for for them and, and I count them as some amazing friends and uh, um but again I suppose we have to in charity propose to the church look you have to you have to come back and revisit you know what you've done in tradiciones custodas and um and just allow um allow them to allow allow the traditional movement space to breathe in the church without feeling so threatened and marginalized and and forgotten. And, uh, you know, many bishops agree with me privately. (laughs) I've spoken to to bishops and cardinals and they'll agree with me privately, but nobody will, you know, want to seem to put their voice up against this. I suppose that we just have to let uh, things move when they need to move uh, uh, at a certain moment in time. And maybe it's it's just a matter of waiting for, for things to change in Rome. We don't know, so let's see. Yes. But, um,
0: so, and Robert, you you cover a lot of the current news as we do at One Peter Five. How do you spiritually survive the covering all the filth and all the craziness yeah. that goes on in Rome? How do you spiritually
1: endure it? This is the most exciting time to be a Catholic, Timothy. The most challenging and exciting time. To
0: yes, yes.
1: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and that's the sphere that I that I cover. I mean, uh, uh, last year I went to Medjugorje, which I know is very controversial in certain circumstances, but uh, um, uh, I I I went there for a specific reason, and uh, I was surprised how many traditional Catholics are there. Uh, um tr- you know, traditional that love the faith, know the faith, live the faith. And without getting into the apparition side, because I don't know much about that. Um, it is it is one of the biggest uh, Catholic pilgrimage sites. It is the biggest Catholic pilgrimage site in Europe at the moment, um, uh, certainly for Irish. And uh, I you know, there, there's a lot. I suppose we're all we're all working together, challenging each other. I was kind of surprised that that Medjugorje is so pro traditional Latin mass which kind of opened my eyes I didn't th- I didn't expect that uh, but I suppose they were very quiet and there was nothing on synodal synodality and there was uh, um, which is another big topic in the church um, so look th- this is our lord is challenging us you know if we wanted easy catholicism uh, we weren't born in the wrong we weren't born in the right era but we were born for these times we were born to lead and this is where as men we need to lead in hu- with humility and obedience lead faithful towards our lord to challenge the church with with charity uh, to challenge our bishops and priests with charity to because that because uh, we can bring the holy spirit along with us in our work you know and uh, and he will lead guide and enlighten us when, when he needs to do that and um, so yeah, look, we cover what's going on. I think, I think anybody with a small sense of common sense will know that we these times were coming for a long time. Especially if you listen to Garibandal, which I've a long devotion. My family is well connected to that site, uh, and and Ireland, you know, there's a big there's a big connection, especially with with regards to Sister Claire Crockett. Um, there's a big connection to Garabandal. And Our Lady said to those kids back in 1961, I think, or in, in the early 1960s, you know, less and less importance would be given to the Eucharist. And that, um, you know, many priests and bishops were... Leading souls to perdition, which seems a, like a very hard message for Our Lady to give. It's a very, it's a very hard. You, you know, you'd, you'd wonder how she could have give the given that message to these girls, uh, you know, in the in the early nineteen sixties. But on the Eucharist, on the Eucharist itself, less and less importance is going to be given. Was given. To, I mean, it has played out. Uh, this is uh, fifty years since since Garib and dal now. It has played out. No bishop or priest or layperson can deny the undeniable reality that less and less importance has been given to the Eucharist, especially in 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 in, in practically in every country. I know people will say, "Oh, look at Africa and Asia," but like uh, if we look at South America, Protestantism is the fastest-growing religion there. Well, I mean, it, I, I I mean, guys, let's not kid ourselves. Tens of hundreds of thousands of German Catholics relinquish their Catholic identity every year. Um, so, I mean, w- w- you know, was Our Lady giving us a warning? I I, 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 qu- I would ask anybody to, in their right mind to question uh, what, what happened in Garibandale. So look, w- important for Catholics in this moment in time, and I say this to many men, you know we are being formed and raised up for a reason we are being formed to be hard men to be leaders uh when in this time of crisis and that is that is the that's that should be our our way of tackling this never depression never getting dejected you know there was one moment in prayer and i've said it to other people and i was led to calvary and i was looking at all of the devastation around me it was like you know this devastated world and i was brought up and i put in front of christ and there was nobody there, just me and our Lord. And our Lord said, are you going to follow? Are you going to stay with me? And I said, well, Lord, where am? Where else am I going to go? i just stay with you here. You know, what What else? You know, how, how can I not stay with you when I see you suffering? Because Christ is suffering at this moment in the church. And, you know, I suppose that, that's my own prayer. That's that's where I've been brought to in prayer. Whether it's a real experience or not, I don't know. But um, it kind of does kind of, Tackle you a little bit. What if everybody fell away? Because I've been through the legions of Christ. You know, I've seen the people don't know how catastrophic that was behind closed doors in the Vatican. I mean, you you all hear the outside story, the sanitized story. But behind closed doors, we watched a man refuse confession at the end of his life. I mean, we watched a priest possessed from what we could see. Um, and this guy was held up as the what the leader. The, practically, he was held up sometimes as the savior of Catholicism. At one stage, his book, "The Intrical Formation of Catholic Priest," was given to every bishop arriving to Rome. They used to do these bishop preparation courses. All the new, any new bishop that was going to be ordained a bishop, you'd have to go to Rome and do a prep kind of a a bishop's preparation course which was hosted in the literaries of christ and pope would give him father marcial's book so i I don't want to underestimate here you know the importance of of or the, the the reality of what we lived through which was somebody was held up as forming integral priests was you know really 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 flawed really to the core flawed and um uh, and it's not just Father Martial. There are other people like that in the church, and and I suppose all of our Lord is using all of this to cleanse us, to pare back our attachments. You know, who were you have? Who did you have your faith in? That's why I. Who did I have my faith in? If I'm so distraught by what happened with Father Martial, did I ever even believe in our Lord? Did I ever even have faith in the Eucharist? And this is where my message to anybody listening to your podcast is go to our Lord, go and let him be the rock on which you cement your faith. Because if you believe, if you, if you've, if you, in obedience to the to the perennial faith and morals of the Catholic church, to be clear here, you know, go back and read through our, the saints of the church. You know, there's a, there's a priest in the United States that I know father David Abernathy is um. And he does, and he and he's been going through the Philokalia, which is a uh, which has many Catholic saints in there. But go back and read th- what saints have said and written. You know, Saint Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, Saint Ignatius, all, um, Philip Neri, all of these great masters and saints. Go back and start reading through, because now it's time to be prepared. Now it's time to know our Lord. And so when you have personalities in the church that fall, and this could even happen with a pope. This could even happen that, you know, a Pope mightn't be the person that uh, we think we know. And I'm not, again, I'm not here saying it's Pope Francis. But do you know what I mean? It, uh, You know, our, if if we remember our Lord at the cross, St. Peter wasn't there. St. Peter wasn't there. He He abandoned our Lord during the most horrific time of our Lord's life. You know, his death, he abandoned him. And sometimes Peter may, may not be the person that uh, is a strong enough that we need. And that's why we need to be the St. John's sometimes that, you know, maybe we're not the leaders in the church, but we can stand with St. John in front of our Lord. And, and uh, so it requires prayer. It requires us knowing our faith and really important to know the faith. And it's important that we build up the church. That we're humble and obedient in the church, even though we mightn't understand what's going on, even though our, our bishops might reject us, uh, even though we get put down. Um, I you know I just I just think you know for example your work is it's so admirable the, the your love for the church and it's not to build you up as a man but it's just a, like if if more men did this, you know how different would our church be, you know and we don't have to do it perfectly don't aim for perfection aim to progress in the spiritual life. And this is, this is what's really important. So this is the encouragement I'm given. It's the most exciting time you're going to ever find in the, in the history of the Catholic Church is this moment in time, because, you know, we have modernism on steroids. Every single heresy has been dragged out of the bag after the last 50 years. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where this go- goes. But our Lord isn't absent. And um, in the United States, you have this amazing American leader, St. Wilhelmina, who was never a blogger? She wasn't on the traditional scene. Nobody knew any. I didn't know anything about her. And, you know, in a time when, you know, we've had a specific traditional priest who's been in the media over the last number of two years, you know, well known traditional priest, uh, in a time when he gets exposed in a way, you know, our Lord comes in there and he raises up this amazing, humble saint, an African American woman, this amazing, hidden, humble lady that you know it's just said I love the traditional mass you know I love my Gregorian chant I love my habit and I and this identity is beautiful to me and he's and and our Lord is saying look at that lady over there (laughs) look at that lady that I put in the ground in 1990 2019 before the pandemic and I'm bringing her out now to teach you all a lesson Mm -hmm. that's where you know it's just it came at the right time our Lord steps in at the right time. And so we need to we need to use our traditional, the traditions in the church to build it up. I have no ideological uh, gripe or problem with the Novus order. And I've said this in many, many um, um, videos because I've, I've experienced the Novus order in so many languages in so many countries. If you go to the Novus Ordo in, in Korean, you know, Korean priests, a lot of booming vocations over there. I have a lot of friends over there. They say it extremely reverently. In, in 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 their own language and uh you know the so i'm not here i'm not here against the 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 the, the new mass uh, but um I, i'm fully on backing pope benedict's view that you know what previous generations can't health sacred can't be considered harmful and we cannot remove this or or Put barriers up against this in the church, and um, uh, for for so like it's it, you know in this time of synodality when we're all talking, maybe it's time that they allow us to talk as well. So yes,
0: good times, Be
1: Yeah. excited. Yeah, I,
0: certainly, I, Amen. I I am. It is a glorious time of saints and Saint <laughs> Wilhelmina is the perfect exact like it's kind of like god's humor i was laughing with my editor it's just it's just a funny it's like god is just kind of laughing at us at how seriously we take ourselves uh final question for you robert thanks so much for your time um you you're writing you're blogging you're doing videos from ireland um and you've also lived you're you're married to a pole uh you've done a lot of traveling uh there a lot of our viewers and readers are from these united states what yeah. do you have to say to American trads? Any comments for us in particular?
1: Okay. I've, I've said a lot about American trads and, and, and I don't want to be, I don't come across as negative, but I'm going to give you some honest feedback. And, 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 I, and I ask traditional American Catholics to please take this to heart. Um, you know, as I said, I've lived in Mexico for many years. And when I go to America, I'll often go to mass in Spanish. And you see a whole different underworld, a different population that you would normally see at a, at a new mass or at a traditional Latin mass. And, um, and just remember that, that uh, you know, around you, if, I mean, I'm talking about the uh, where I've worked in the States, there's a whole world that you may not be aware of and a whole suffering world that you're not aware of. Um, you know, and when these people go to mass, it could be in Spanish and they're ministered and they're sending money home to Mexico. You know, just 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 be careful how we talk about, you know, our fellow baptized brothers, brothers, you know, where where Christ, look, where Christ is looking, the, the people that Christ looks at, the people that Christ looks at, um, you know, are, are not always the people that we're looking at. Um, I or I. I promoted a, a mass, a traditional Latin mass. It was actually in the SSPX mass um, on my channel once. And, and a lot of people that don't go to Latin mass, they they came along to the traditional Latin mass that I promoted. And one lady arrived and she was in jeans and the top. Now, she wasn't badly dressed, but she was just, you know, she was she was just going to mass. And then afterwards, she came up to me. Oh, Robert, that was a beautiful mass. But uh, somebody said that uh, maybe next time I dress up better. Now, I know this lady doesn't have the means and wherewithal to go to out and buy a veil. And, you know, in that moment of time. But she was going with her heart to, to, she really was going with her heart to encounter our Lord. And as Catholics and as Christians, instead of helping her and supporting her and giving her a smile, or, you know, we, we, we put her down. And that's just a symptom of, of, of it, of it, you know, Catholics will come around to how we dress and how we, we go to the mass in due course, you know, they'll see, they'll be informed, you know, but when somebody comes with a good heart to love our Lord, we should help them and, and be there to, to support them. And so, you know. Traditionis Custodes and I know this for a fact guys. I know this I know this from from Rome. Traditionis Custodes was very much focused on some elements in in America. And it's hard to say this. It wasn't focused on France, it wasn't focused on the United Kingdom or Canada or Ireland or any other country that's offering the traditional Latin mass. It was a direct result of of what was happening in America where sadly and and we all we have to all do our examination of conscience. It was practically becoming the official Catholic religion of, of a certain political party without going into it. Now, if I, to be clear, guys, if I was an American and I think everybody knows who I would vote for, I would vote for candidates that support life, you know, freedom of speech, the right to protect ourselves. Let's not kill ourselves so that people know which, which, which end of the spectrum I'm on. Um, but the purpose of our faith, guys, is to get to heaven. You know the the supreme law of the church is salvation of souls. Our Lord came to prepare us for His kingdom, and uh, and so just bring all of all Catholics along with you, and um, that that's really important. And and to and to understand, you know, I mean, it used to break my heart when I was going to work in Atlanta, and you'd see people walking around the streets with blankets, you know. And uh, I, I I remember going to mass down Atlanta, passing five points. I don't know if people know this place. And, you know, my American friends were saying, what, you walk down that street? you Are are you crazy, Robert? We never go down there. That's kind of in this area of the town. I said, oh, like, like, I'm just an ordinary Irish guy. I walk everywhere and I take the mark then. And And, um, you know, our Lord is looking there. Like, he seriously is looking at, those that are suffering, and is asking what we doing for them. So our traditional faith, our traditional Catholic practices, are are sacred. They're deep. They've they got roots. But from that, we have to draw it and give it to those who don't know Christ. And our and our and our eyes should be always fixed on where where Christ's eyes are fixed. And so that's my advice to give to America. I mean, you've got. You've got amazing families over there amazing communities you're you're just so blessed with all of the diversity in in, in the catholic faith and you've got some good bishops there um and um, there's an old bishop there a jesuit bishop more morello morello um i think he's dead but you know
0: oh morlino yeah no, i mean minister, he, yeah or he was
1: yeah he was amazing for a jesuit he was you were blessed to have such an amazing bishop like him and you've got others like that bishop Bishop Sample, um, um, Bishop, um, you know, Bishop, um, Bishop Barron, although many people crit- criticize him, you know, <laughs> privately he seems to be very OK with traditional Latin mass. So, like, play to your strengths, lead the world, but always be conscious, you know, who our faith is. Is to be given to those around us. Is to trans. Is to be the yeast to transform our communities. And I suppose as an Irishman, I'm go- I'm always going to go to America looking at it that way, um, and and um, and having worked in New Mexico for so many years and having gone to so many communities, um, uh, just to give you that encouragement. Um, and I'm not saying you just don't do it, but I'm just saying don't don't. Be, be, be cognizant of 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 the beauty of our church and uh, in all its different forms and and, and different ways it's uh, the faith is expressed but uh i just want to give that encouragement because you do lead the world you do especially in the english catholic world american bloggers lead so the vatican is always going to look at you and uh so just lead lead with with humility lead with um uh, you know lead with um with, with obedience lead with humility and lead with love um and be strong men uh, in, in what you're trying to do i think timothy you do it you, you're an in, you're an example in and the beauty and the way you blog you know you really love the faith and you're really challenging there and and, and, and i'm and i'm glad that you're, that you're running um one peter five now and i hope other people support you but uh, that's just my 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 thoughts on it
0: well thanks thanks so much robert and thanks so much for coming on the show today it's been a joy to speak with you across the atlantic uh everybody go below the link is below for robert's channel um and so let's offer it all to our lady as always and we we promote the our the icon of our lady of Fatima under her russian icon you can now buy this icon and that helps support our russian catholic brethren who are building the shrine of our lady of fatima in saint petersburg russia so you can buy that okay. below and to help support them so uh robert can you uh, pray the second half of the hail mary for me let's pray name of the father holy son the holy, spirit, holy spirit. spirit amen hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus.
1: Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima. Pray for us. Blessed Emperor Carl. Pray
0: for us. St. Maximilian Kolbe. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus is...